Welcome to the Unseen Realm with Paul Renfro and friends. I'm your host, Paul Renfro, and with me are dear friends and mature people who are studying the scripture together about living as a spirit. We're using the scriptures in my book, Nobody Sees This You, How to Live as a Spirit in the Unseen Realm. It's available at ParadigmLighthouse.com. That link is in the show notes. You're welcome to get a copy, but you can just follow along. We'll have a whiteboard that has the excerpts and the Bible verses we'll be discussing. But it's the tagline that probably drew you to this presentation. Finally, a Bible explanation for what you are experiencing. Because all of us in this group are like you. We have been through this process of having that itch inside that nobody could scratch. But instead of giving up or just taking it as part of the norm, we each have pursued God and found that he could scratch that itch. When strange things keep happening in you and in your life circumstances, don't you feel deep down that there is something, some way, somehow, some, somebody in an unseen world that is active and maybe even determinative in this visible present world and maybe in your life? Well, you aren't crazy. That is happening to more and more people, and we know because it's happening to us as well. So we know for a fact that it is God agitating people to draw near to him. And that's not an easy process. So we welcome you to join in. That's what we're discussing tonight. Please give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down because your comments are welcome and the show notes will tell you how to contact me directly. Now, my friends and I, thank you for joining us. It's a privilege to talk about these things with each other and to include you. We're taking one Bible passage at a time that's used in my book, Nobody Sees This You, How to Live as a Spirit in the Unseen Realm. And so first, I read the scripture, and then we read the short excerpt about that scripture from the book. And then our group discusses it together, and I'm sure you'll find that to be not only fascinating, but also relevant to your own questions. So let's get started. And let's begin with our scriptures. Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He who comes from above is above all. He is of the earth, is earthly, and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is truthful. The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, my friends and I will be discussing these scriptures shortly, but let's turn to the excerpt from Nobody Sees This You, How to Live as a Spirit in the Unseen Realm. Is the word spirit only a synonym for being saved or a metaphor for believing in him? Without excluding that meaning, can we identify more? Did he mean more than simply being saved? I believe Jesus did, as this book will amply show. His most assuredly is very emphatic. He expected that we would live as spirits after our salvation. But how? What does that mean? And how did he demonstrate it? These questions are especially important in our time, 
We live in times that have a prominent place in God's overall schedule. And as an aside, I can say that people around the world are witnessing a worldwide global shaking. If the news isn't enough to convince you, your own life and the lives of people evidence a, a new level of disruption, agitation. As we stated earlier, I believe that it is God agitating people to cry out for him. Well, back to the excerpt. The veiled truths of scripture about our spirits are not low-hanging fruit. At some point, a born-again person would properly recognize, hey, I'm a spirit. Oh, there is a dawning upon realizing I'm not just filled with the Holy Spirit. I am a spirit as well. Some never wake to their spirit identity. A variety of factors leave their spirits inactive or impotent. One factor is the current maturity state of the church at large, which is advancing, thankfully, and the available churches near you that you can participate in. Uh, that's offset somewhat in our day by the presence of churches on, in a digital format. Our own spiritual maturing requires us to develop in each of these spirit characteristics. But what happens when we do? What is our life like as we grow in spirit? That comes from page 32 and 34 of Nobody Sees This You, How to Live as a Spirit in the Unseen Realm by yours truly, Paul Renfro. And so let's see what everybody has to say. Who would like to go first? I'm going to ask you all to unmute yourself, and let's see where the discussion takes us. I have a question. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. What is the difference between the Holy Spirit in us and us being a spirit? And, and I, have, I have a suspicion this is probably like the whole point of your whole book is to, to go into that. It's a big jump from what we're used to, isn't it? Yeah. I was remembering what you asked about last week. And do you remember Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man is in Christ, do you remember that? Can you finish that? He's Go a, ahead, anybody. He's a new creature in Christ. New creature. He's a new creature. And that goes along with the concept of being born again. We're accustomed to the born again concept. It's just so many words, but it's a real thing. When Andrew became a Christian, he was reborn as a creature that is different in kind from Adam and Eve and, and the children of Adam and Eve. Paul says in Romans 5 that death entered through one man. And what happened when God said that in the day you eat this fruit, you will die? Obviously, their bodies and souls lived another 900 years or so, and they had populated the earth. They did not die that day not by our laborious physical terms. However, they did die spiritually instantly where the glory came off and they were able to perceive their nakedness and suddenly fear and shame and control behaviors set into their existence. And every descendant of Adam and Eve starts life off that way, including us in the group and including you listeners. There's no shame in it because God has provided a solution. And what is that solution? And that is we're born again. And that's the reason. It's not simply a metaphor. It's a real thing. And it's so exciting. Now, once you're born again, you're a totally new creature. You're not like other human beings anymore. You're part of a new race. Now, the burden is on us not to act all superior and high and mighty. You know, no. What did Jesus say? He came to give his life as a ransom for others. And that's our pattern. But the point is that we are a different kind of being. We're no longer soul and body only. We also are spirit. 
this single fact makes listener. I want you to think about times that scriptures have puzzled you. How do I do that? Romans is full of them, like chapter six and chapter seven and chapter eight. But there's many, and it's only natural that each of us would question, how do I live like this? And the point being that what we are is we're a new creature. And so we begin to learn how to live as a spirit with our spirit in charge. And that's why Paul says in Romans 6, uh, don't let the members of your body be your master, but give yourself as a slave to righteousness. Okay, now, Andrew, let me toss that back to you. Did that scratch the itch that you expressed with your question? Not at all. Okay. Well, I'm, let's let let's let some of the others have a shot. Fire away, people. What about you, Chris? What would you say, Chris? Uh, the easier one to address is Holy Spirit versus Spirit. So Holy Spirit or Adam, Jesus called his spirit or his counselor, his advocate, who was going to come and open our understanding once he was once he left this earth and was resurrected into heaven? So the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. The name of Holy Spirit is a name of the, of God, Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. All are one in this Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. We as Spirit is a Spirit, lowercase s. Spirit is who we are without our physical body. And there, to me, the, the more interesting question is, what is the difference between spirit and soul? Who we are as bodies, we can see. And our, the soul is our mind. So even after our body is gone, the soul gets to decide, make decisions, still continues on. And that spirit is connected with that soul. Who we are as spirits, will continue and souls will continue long after our bodies no longer exist. And someday we'll have a new body as God, as Jesus told us in heaven. I'm down with that. But that spirit, that essence of who we are apart from our bodies, it's almost like those who continue to live in a vegetative state. So why don't we just take them out? Their body isn't doing any good. Their spirit is still alive there. And God can work a miracle anytime in that body. But the spirit is the essence of who we are in a non-physical way. And to me, it seems very parallel to the soul. Let me uh, jump in, Chris. Thank you. And Grover, Stacy, get ready. But Mark, how about you? What do you, you want to pitch in on this? What do you think? And I think what we're listening to is feeding in that the spirit the realm in this sense. If we go back to Genesis and we recognize that we're all created in God's image and likeness. And then we look in the mirror and we say, that's not God there. So we recognize that right prior to the fall of man, Adam and Eve, that's when flesh came and was birthed. And so we're creating God's image and likeness. In the spirit sense, flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to spirit. So in our minds, our first point of reference is going to be this flesh. We understand that as well as anybody. We understand that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And as it should, it should be in that sense. But when we start to separate out mind, will, and emotion, which is our soul, uh, the fle- it depends on, as we are born again, who is in charge of the mind, will, and emotion. 
as we are born again, new creatures in Christ have died to the old, have become new. Going back to Galatians 2.20, I think I brought that up last week. Uh, someone's going to dominate. It's either going to be you in the flesh or you in the spirit, God in the spirit in you. And then that controls the mind, will, and emotion, the soul of the individual, okay, that has been creating God's image and likeness prior to the fall. And then we go through this transformation, metamorphosis, the caterpillar back into the butterfly. And so then we find ourselves, first point of reference now should be the spirit man and not the, the soul flesh man. And so what we're learning through the process that we find ourselves in is to have spirit man, Holy Spirit living in us, separated, Holy Spirit is separated from our spirit. It's holy, meaning separated, set apart. And then we start to recognize who God is in us, how the Holy Spirit interfaces with us in the sense of our soul as we die to self, as we we lose the, the passion. Lust, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. And then that ho the Holy Spirit living in us in the likeness of God as we've been created then dominates as we allow it to happen because we've surrendered to it. And so let me uh, jump in. And before we go to Grover and Stacy, Andrew, what's your reflection on the things that Chris and, and Mark were saying? Well, I think Chris was enormously helpful where she said that the Holy Spirit, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it's God. And so that's the Holy Spirit part. So then the Spirit is distinctly different from that because one's God and the Spirit is, is something else. But I also like her follow-up question that, that the more interesting thing is, what's the difference between the Spirit and your soul? And I'm still interested in, in trying to figure that one out. Let's throw that so, over uh, to Grover and Stacy. And we'll come back. We'll come back and let you finish that. But go ahead, Grover, Stacy, take mm -hmm. a shot. And then, oh, we need to hear from Diane too. It's so fun. My wife is sitting right next to me, listener. And, but we can't, we've got her microphone muted so we don't get feedback. So, guess what? Here we've been married 45 years and we're passing notes back and forth. So, it's just like junior high and it's a lot of fun with our friends here. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Grover, Stacy, take one, take both, take whatever. Okay, we were connected with him. We were made spirit, soul, and body. And we're still in his image. So by us being in his image and we're learning to build a relationship with him, we, we're starting, we, we're building and we're working towards being more in his image to be more like him as we grow. How about you, Stacey? What do you want to tack onto that, or, or I got another idea? What What are your thoughts? Honestly, I'm struggling with this one a little mm -hmm. bit. As it was a, Andrew had a really good question. I was like wondering the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Andrew! Um, uh, and you know what? The reason we're doing that is because hundreds of thousands of people are wondering. So go for it. Oh, uh, the only thing that I. I hope I make sense. <laughs> I keep hearing about the human spirit and then obviously there's Holy Spirit and obviously there, there's a huge difference there. I'm wondering what happens like when we get saved and, and when, when we receive Holy Spirit. I've heard so many times that like Holy Spirit 
or God's spirit fuses with the human spirit. I'm just like weirded out about that whole yeah. type of thing. Like really what happens to the human spirit? You know what I mean? I hope do. I'm not too far off base with asking that question. No, unless I, I want to hear from Diane and then I'm going to pitch in and we're going to actually revisit the scriptures that we have on the whiteboard. But Diane, I'm going to push the red microphone to you. I think our spirit, we're dead. We're dead until we are joined with Christ. So our spirits are there, but dead. We're dead in sin. We're really only a soul and a body. And I think of it as just a dead spirit. And then we're made alive in Christ. And that makes all the difference. So our spirit, which was dead, is joined forever with the Holy Spirit. And we live in that spirit if we don't follow the deeds of sin. I don't know. When I feel sin coming on, I can almost feel a sort of a deadness. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool to be a spirit. I don't do think like we float it? around or anything. Maybe what do you we, like about it? Um, what do you like about being a spirit, Diane? Because I feel joined to God. I'm sure the rest of you can relate to that as well. I, I can't describe it. I can just say what the Bible says and what I've, I've experienced. Let's look back at the scriptures here. And I've added a verse in there. The does Lord commanded. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense, Andrew, at all? Andrew, what's your take so far? How, what do you see? from these things how would you summarize what we're saying that there is the holy spirit separate from from our our spirit and in our soul i think that's about as good as i can summarize it very good that's alert it's, it's like we said what did it say uh down there at the bottom the veiled truths of scripture about our spirits are not low-hanging fruit let's come back up here to our scriptures and we'll conclude this episode by talking about these and so I've pasted in, can you all see, I pasted in Genesis 2. And so the Lord commanded the man, this is before Eve was created, saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. That included the tree of life, by the way. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, we have to make a connection, but in two ways. First of all, we have this event right here in the day you eat of it. And we all know they ate of it. Of course, like Chris said in a previous episode, we do it still. We're still doing it. In other words, tell us don't do that. And that's exactly what we're going to do. But then we come here later and here's Jesus with Nicodemus. And all of a sudden he says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So there's a death event, and Paul describes how that death event affected every person in Romans chapter 5. He says that through one man, death entered the world, but then through by one man, uh, sin is forgiven and life re-enters. And the the setup in our book that we're exploring in our conversations. And as we go chapter by chapter, it becomes a little sharper because at each point in the book, we're discussing some of the things that go in because it's not low hanging fruit. 
if God had used outlines, we might have figured it out 4,000 years ago, but he didn't. And so there's a human maturity process. Listener, what we want you to do is come back and join us. Help us figure this out next time because uh, we're on your side and, and we're all in this together. Uh, we're not here as folks that are superior, except we got two eyeballs and we can read what the word of God says. And we've been very graced, like we talked about in previous episodes. Everything we have is from him. And uh, we certainly welcome you to adopt the same attitude, because when you find out your own inadequacy, then you find out there is a God who will fill it. There you go. Andrew, <laughs> there's a couple of places in scripture, other than what Paul has here, that reference the body, soul, and spirit. So 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, Now will make the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. There was also another place that talks about in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. We know this, right? Mm -hmm. Piercing to the division of soul and of spirit. The division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So there are two separate, these are two separate things, soul and spirit. And the word of God clearly divides them into parts because the word and is there. I looked at Christianity.com. It said, think of a circle on two levels. The outer level is the body and the followed by the soul, and the core is the spirit. I don't know if that helps, but I'm a visual person. I need to be able to put something somewhere. So distinction, and that sword can separate the soul and the spirit, or we can with our will, because the soul is connected to our will, as Mark had said earlier. Does that help? Yeah, those two verses, yeah, it's definitely there. You're right. I don't think I did really thought about it too, too much, though, beforehand. That's why we like Bible studies. Yeah, and this great. I tell you, and this... books like Paul. We'll continue our discussion in the next episode of The Unseen Realm with Paul Renfro and his friends. In the show notes are the links mentioned as well as the whiteboard we used and the scriptures that we discussed. Now, you already know that our podcast and Bible discussion benefits from your thumbs up or thumbs down, right? So thanks for doing that, and we'll enjoy your participation. If you have questions or interest, you can use the contact form at ParadigmLighthouse.com to reach out to us.